Hey everybody, it is Nick here. Welcome to another week of Scale Up. So I'm happy to be able to interview today's guest because I know that the many insights that he is gonna share over the next 60 minutes or so are things that people in leadership roles, entrepreneurs, you know, actually anyone can apply to their life. It's all about personal development, mental well-being, and how that has an impact on your business and of course, your career. Today I have with me Rob Dubay. Now he is the CEO of the 10 Disciplines for Managing and Maximizing Your Energy, which is a video-based journey that teaches people 10 fast, simple, but powerful and customizable disciplines to manage and maximize their energy so they can live an optimal life. Now, Rob was introduced to me by a good friend, Gina Wickman, who's been on the show before. And I don't know about you, but with so much change going on in the world, I think maximizing your energy, looking after your internal internal self is an absolute key to being able to not only survive, but thrive with so many different things going on. So during this interview, what you're going to get is firstly, Rob's long journey into entrepreneurship, which is a fascinating story in its own right. He's also going to talk about trauma growing up, how he dealt with it, but obviously how he didn't let it affect him and get in his way. We then get into meditation, uh, his views on meditation, my views on meditation, my challenges with meditation. We then talk a little bit about plant medicine, which is a topic that we haven't discussed on the show before. And of course, we are going to get into the 10 disciplines, talk about each of them. And as we do that, I want you to reflect on which ones you put into practice now, because undoubtedly there'll be some, and which ones would you like to start including in your routine, in your habits going forward? You know, there was a moment in time where I had read about meditation, I was kind of skeptical about it. I didn't really understand it that well, but I had this buildup of stress and anxiety. And I kind of just said to myself, hey, go sit in that chair for like five minutes and focus on your breath and just try it out. I had never tried it before. And I noticed at the end, I felt more calm. So a very fun conversation today and a very relevant one, I think. That's where we can begin working on our inner selves. We feel more capable to do those, to spend time on that and do it properly. And once we begin to do that, we start to notice our creativity sparking like crazy, like crazy. So welcome to Scale Up with Nick Bradley, Mr. Rob Dubay. Hey everyone, it is Nick Bradley here. Welcome to Scale Up for another week. Uh, We are going to have a fantastic conversation today. We're going to talk about what happens when when you reach your goals, when, when you set a big thing that you want to achieve in your life and you achieve it and you get there and you realize that A, it may not have been all that it was cracked up to be. And how do you deal with that? How do you deal with your inner self? <laughs> so with me today to have that conversation, to have that chat is Mr. Rob Jube. Thank Welcome you for show. having me, Nick. I really appreciate you. Thank you. That's okay. It's such I an to, honor to, to be with you. I have yeah. to ask, have I pronounced the name right? Is it Jube or is it Jube? It's Dubé, but that's okay. Oh, you wow. That's Dube. cool. Do you know what? It's funny. I've got a reputation here. And that's why I, I should have mentioned that to you. Yeah, yeah. No, it's Go okay. Ahead. It's okay. I've got a reputation for absolutely slaughtering people's names. It's an Australian <laughs> thing. And, yeah. um, and some, well, I'll tell you where it comes from very quickly before we get into this. Mm-hmm. Many, many years ago, I had to, um, I worked in an education business and I had to hand out these diplomas uh-huh. to literally hundreds and hundreds of Sri Lankans. And I was, the, <laughs> you can imagine this, I was the keynote speaker at this um, event in Sri Lanka. 
Oh my gosh. And I tell you, it was the most painfully embarrassing experience because I was there for about four hours. I didn't realize it was going to be this long and they'd all come down families. There was, there was hundreds of people in this auditorium Yeah, and I'm, I've got this list of names and like, sometimes they didn't even know I'd said their name. So they're like, is it me? They had to have two or three staff, like literally translate the name. Oh my God. It's hilarious. Right, so Dubai is, is much easier to say than there you go. Names. There you go. Right. Right. Absolutely. But Bradley, I can pronounce, right? Did I yeah. get that right? Yeah. You got good, it right. Good, Nick Bradley good, good. I'm an Australian yeah. living in the UK. UK, and, yeah, right. The and traveling the to the US. I mean, you're all over the place. I am. I've just got back from a family <laughs> holiday too. We went to um, Italy, Montenegro and oh uh, Croatia. Gosh, fantastic. So wow. uh, we are very much global citizens to use that phrase. Good for you. Good for you. As so Let's get into it. So we're going to have a cool conversation today. So before we get into the main topic I, I introduced a second ago, let's um, let's have our audience uh, learn a little bit more about you, Rob. Okay, sure. So the entrepreneurial bug bit me when I was around 14 years old. I started selling lollipops out of my locker with my best friend in high school. So we'd buy them for a nickel and resell them for a quarter. I imagine your audience <laughs> relates to that on some level. I mean, yeah, I yeah. My, my daughter has done that as well with the whole, uh, she actually did the lemonade stand, which is a bit like, yeah. you know, cliche, yeah, yeah. but, <laughs> but hey, either way. It's all good. It's, it's all, all good, good, isn't it? It's the concept yeah, of value and value exchange. I, right. You learn lessons early on. And so, you know, my best friend and I did all these businesses through high school and college and we graduated from college. We um, we started our business. So that was 31 years ago. Um, you know, we were running the business by the seat of our pants for a number of years. You and I mentioned a good friend of ours, Gino Wickman, prior yep. to our discussion here. He helped us integrate the entrepreneurial operating system or EOS yep. into our business. Um, several years after that, we actually sold our company in 2004 to a public company. And then we actually bought it back in 2006. So 18 months That's later. That's such a common thing, Rob. You'd be surprised how many times. <laughs> That happens. A good friend of mine just did that recently. He sold Is to a right? big uh, publishing group, and he got it back for. I won't say what he got it back for, but it was it was a good deal. Usually it is. Usually it is. And um, yeah, the big companies have big visions, but oftentimes they have a, tr a hard time executing on it. And that's, that's right. what happened in our case. So we bought it back. We got really focused on people, purpose and profit. And um, and now uh, my best friend and I, who still own the company, we have a CEO running it. And um, I'm in business with Gino and we're talking about, you know, how entrepreneurs, many of them, and I've been through it, you master your outer self and, and it's really time to now master your inner self. So I've been on a 27 year journey to master the inner self and, and we're out there trying to help other entrepreneurs. Brilliant. Well, this will be a fun chat. Well, let, let's, yeah. let's kick into, let's, I always like to, um, when it's, when, especially when it's a topic like this to, um, probe a little bit into you. <laughs> so, sure. cause you just made the comment, you said, I've been on a journey for many years trying to master yeah, this. So yeah. take us through that journey. I mean, what, what were you like? Obviously, I'm just going to say it's not the sort of thing that you necessarily maybe get to the end of, right? It's something you're constantly working on. Right, right. But just take us through the journey of, um, of your inner self. Yeah. So when I was growing up, I had different types of trauma that happened in my life and it really impacted me. I didn't know at the time, but it showed up big time in my 20s as mm. I started a business with my best friend. We weren't selling blow pops anymore and it, it, it actually mattered all of a sudden. So, um, <laughs> you know, I was a different person and I got married kind of early, at least in my kind of bubble. I got married around 22 years old. We had our first child at 25. And again, all these things that were coming up were really causing me a lot 
lot of stress and anxiety, some depression, and um, I was just not right in my mind. And so I Were you aware at that time though? Cause I mean, this is an, this happens a lot. So yeah, the reason I want to kind of delve into yeah. it a bit, I think mm -hmm. this is what you're, what you're telling now is something that happens to a lot of people, but, the, but they may have certain things going on, but they don't recognize what it is. So did yeah. you have certain things that you were maybe sabotaging or just not showing up the way you wanted to, but at the time you didn't realize what it was or you did yeah. realize? For me, what I recognize is I had this edge that right. was in, very much internal, but it showed itself on the outside. And um, it, it was, you know, it, it, it took a lot of shapes and I just felt intuitively something was not right and I needed help. Okay. And so I, I seeked out help. Um, I started by learning more about myself through personality profiles and just trying to uncover who I was. And then I went to therapy for a good 15, 17 years. Um, I took on a meditation practice, which I've had for over 20 years that has been really impactful. Um, you know, and I've done many other things. I've, I've been on a plant medicine journey, which has been very impactful for mm -hmm. me as well. Um, and so just, it's a constant journey just really trying to understand my inner self better so I can eliminate my ego and notice when it's kind of showing up and trying to protect me in the wrong ways. Cause our egos could protect us in good ways too. So we don't want to eliminate our egos, but we just want to be very aware of when they're showing up in the wrong, at the wrong time. I had a, um, a gentleman on the show recently called Dan Millman, who wrote a book called The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. And mm -hmm. um, he was quite vulnerable, I think, in his own journey of seeking out various things, um, I, I think, to connect different things in his past. And we, we got quite deep into it. So if it's okay with you, thanks for sharing that. I, I wouldn't mind just going Absolutely. through each of the points, because I think yeah. sometimes by hearing someone else's I think experience, it can help other people as well. So sure. firstly, firstly on the therapy side, because we haven't talked about that a lot on this show before, because, um, you know, some people think, you know, what's the difference between therapy or getting a coach, right? Or like, you know, and can you just kind of unpack that a little bit for us, assuming that people listening to us thinking, actually, that's interesting, but I've never actually delved into it. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it, it, these days, coaches are kind of like therapists. <laughs> Um, but, you know, I think when you have a professional, uh, somebody who's been trained to work with your mind mm -hmm. um, in a therapeutic kind of way or psychological kind of way, I think that could be very useful. And I think a coach could be useful in a different way as well. I don't think they have to be mutually exclusive. In my case, it was talk therapy. So I was really going through the different traumas that happened to me in my life, things with my mother, my father, my grandfather, I had some sexual abuse, and just talking those things through um, and trying to understand some of the causes and effects, which I really did come to understand better, mm -hmm. trying to understand better that you know those people in my lives that caused some of that trauma were they're just regular people and they're not at those high standards that we kind of place our parents or grandparents or other people in our lives at they're just trying to make their way through life just like i am so in many ways they're just like me and um and so it's painful when they're those people that are that close to you and the 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 um the connection is especially parental um, it, it makes it definitely more challenging, but understanding it, I felt was the right first step for me, but it didn't, it didn't, uh, allow it to, it didn't allow for me to let it all go. And I needed to do more work beyond therapy for that. 
So therapy was just so I can understand as well. I've had lots of coaching, um, but not therapy as such. I'm mm -hmm. fascinated just by, by the difference, hence the question. Yeah. Um, the, the talking through and in some cases remembering even at maybe at a subconscious level, the things that were, that happened to you and just, I suppose, making them become aware, seeing them, putting them in a place or understanding the context that helps move forward. I don't want to, I don't want to simplify it or dumb it down at all. I'm just trying to yeah. myself understand. I think it can help. You know, I think everybody is so different and unique. So I'm very hesitant to say what worked for me will work for the next person. Sure. It was useful for me, but in my case, it did not allow it. It did not allow it to, I was not free of it. Got and it. so I did need more. I needed more mind work. And, um, and so while it helped me get it out, understand causes and effects, I wasn't free of it. It still had a hold on me. And that's where I felt like that was the next part of my journey. Got it. So let, let's, let's talk about that next part. Then you mentioned meditation. Yes. So um, in, yeah, go yeah. Ahead. And, and no, just to, just to sort of set this up a little bit. Um, I, I personally find meditation extremely challenging <laughs> and, um, I know a lot of people do. Right. And, um, Absolutely. I, and I've tried different, different sorts too. I've, um, I've done transcendental. I've gone and done the, all the courses on TM. Um, I've tried the apps, right. Which is, you know, funny in its own right, because technology is not going <laughs> to, not always going to be the answer. Um, I, you know, I think personally, I'm not very good at surrendering to things, right? Because my background is hardcore. I was private equity for over a decade. You can, oh, imagine, okay. you can imagine what that world's That's like. Great. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. So, so just take us through that journey of meditation and I suppose the different things that you've experienced and, and what's worked for you, I suppose, in that area. Sure. Sure. Well, first thing, you're, that's not uncommon. I'm, I teach meditation and that's not uncommon. And, and I always say meditation might just not be for that mm. person. It might not be for you. I mean, there are plenty of things out there that we can utilize as tools in our lives. And, and meditation has kind of taken on this life, like it's this thing everybody should do. And I don't agree with that. I think you have to find what the right things are for you in your life. Meditation happened to be something that was useful for me. I had a lot of stress and anxiety actually around the time I sold. And, um, <laughs> yes. yeah. Right. And yeah, so, I know that. um, you know, there was a moment in time where I had read about meditation. I was kind of skeptical about it. I didn't really understand it that well, but I had this buildup of stress and anxiety. And I kind of just said to myself, Hey, go sit in that chair for like five minutes and focus on your breath and just try it out. I had never tried it before. And I noticed at the end, I felt more calm. Yeah. And, um, and I felt like things had settled down a bit and it didn't mean my problems went away and all the things that were making me anxious. I just felt a little bit more capable. So that sparked something for me. Then I went and I kind of learned how to do the type of meditation that I do, which is simply stated, it's kind of just a mindfulness meditation where you focus okay. on your breath. And that seemed to really stick with me. And what I learned as a high achiever was that this was the time in my day where I would not be achieving. I would just allow things to be. And that was really useful for me and continues to be. So many of us sit down and meditate and we're like, okay, this is supposed to happen. I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to get that out of it. And what what my approach is, is to just allow things to be and try to bring myself back to the present moment and remember how precious that present moment is. So like I have a wife and a couple of kids. And of course, if this were my last breath, 
you know, I'd love to be with them. But the fact is I'm with you, Nick, and I'm right here right now. And all my energy and all my presence is where this needs to be right here, right now. And if this is my last breath, it's going to be a beautiful one. And so that's what meditation has uh, with a kind of perspective yeah. that meditation has brought for me through the ongoing practice that I have. Yeah, that's, that is um, very well said, I have to say. And I think I, I've had experiences of that for sure. It's just the consistency of it. But, you know, um, okay, but it's also, I, I'm, I'm consistent in other ways. And it was, I was talking to someone uh, recently about, uh, I did a lot of long distance running, endurance running. And um, I quite often run without any music or, or podcast or anything like that. And I'd be running for four hours sometimes um, when I was training and then up to, you know, 12 to 24 hours when I race. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, I found that was a meditative or meditative, um, release for me, even though it's not meditation in the traditional sense, because I remember when I was doing those long runs, you know, the time, time would sort of slip away. You're present because you're in a lot of pain, but at the same time you go into this different state. Yes. Very relaxed at the end. It's a great example. I I've run 14 marathons and, and so I'm, I've done the ultra marathons as like, it sounds like you have, but, yeah. um, you know, you do, you do break down physically. And when you start to break down physically, you do get into a different state. So I relate to what you're sharing here today with me and with the audience. And I do uh, long, uh, longer meditation retreats each year, seven to 10 days in silence. And those um, have a similar kind of effect in, in the sense that, you know, you your daily dramas and the daily things that are kind of at the surface, they start to fizzle away after some period of time, both on those longer runs or when you're doing those ultra marathons and when you're on a longer term meditation retreat. Then what happens is the second layer starts to arise and uh, you start to notice some different things. And some of them are kind of scary and some of them are really beautiful. And after a little bit of time, I don't know if you've experienced this through the running, but in the meditation retreats, those start to fizzle away. And then you start to notice some peace. It's a peace where things start to just calm down and everything's just a bit more vivid. Yeah. The things that you're seeing, the smells, the sense perceptions, everything's just a bit more vivid. And that's where you realize that's what living is really all about, is that feeling. And so you take that feeling from your ultras or from the meditation retreats or whatever it is you might experience, and you try to tap into that in your day-to-day -day life. You just tap into that. Even for just a moment, it brings some perspective for you. And does it, I mean, is it like any form of practice that the more you do of it, the more that you can kind of get, well, first, firstly, you can kind of get into that state more readily. I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example of what I mean here. I, when I was meditating consistently for a period of time, I, I play a lot of basketball as well. And I, I, one game in particular was just an outstanding game. You know, we won, it was a championship game. Um, and I ended up scoring 27 points in that game. And, and I was just on fire. I couldn't miss anything. And I felt absolutely in a zone, you know, this kind of, everything slowed down, everything was just perfect. And I, I kind of thought about it afterwards thinking, you know, I was doing a lot of meditation up to that point. <laughs> and I was wondering if I was training my focus. Does that, does that resonate at all? Or am I just mad? <laughs> I don't, I don't have the answer. I wish I did. You know, I, who knows what the real causes and effect you would notice best 
if you had a, you know, if you had a regular practice of something and you were noticing focus showing up for you at certain points in your life more regularly, because you were able to tap into that. You know, one of the things that I think you mentioned that makes a lot of sense and that I teach is about practice and any, like anything that we do, you know, it's about, let's just use those sports analogies, like whether you're running, you're playing ball or whatever the case might be, you know, it's all about the reps, like the best basketball players in the world, you know, they're the ones that are at the gym, you know, until who knows what time and they're knocking down like 150 threes in a row and before they go home and and that's practice and where they put that into um it, into outside of practice is in the big game and that's when they get the ball and the clock sticking down and they left it up and they know they don't even they don't even have to watch it they turn around you see them turn around they I know, know you can it's, see, it. it's incredible yeah. isn't it? i've had a couple of people on the show who who worked with kobe bryant um yeah, one of them was yeah. his uh his trainer specifically his trainer oh, and uh talked about the the well it it wasn't the 3 a.m. start. It was actually about a 1.30 a.m. start because 3 a.m. is when, when practice started for Kobe, but he was in the gym an hour and a half before that. Oh, man. That dude was something else. Let's, I mean, crazy, isn't it? it? You yeah. know, and you, you wonder why these people are so good, you know, and you're right and, because it becomes, it just becomes so automatic, right, doesn't it? Yeah. Because they've trained themselves yeah. to, to for that That's to happen. Right. And, and Kobe worked with a meditation teacher. Phil Jack, Jackson brought him in, as did oh, the right. same teacher worked with um, – with uh, Michael Jordan and the Bulls when Phil Jackson was there. And his name is George Mumford. And he's fantastic. Great book that he wrote called The Mindful Athlete and really tapping into the inner game. So there, there's okay, a I might, I might check that out. I am fascinated yeah, yeah. by by the whole concept and I can see the benefit of it. And also I think um, the people that reach out to me who listen to the show and all that ask about this all the time. Yeah. As I think a way of, you know, to purpose of this conversation really starting to calm that inner mind a bit it's, you know having some form of just not not so much controlling it but not letting it control you right that's, that's right that's different right. distinctions and, and noticing your loops you know you get we get especially in business we get into these loops and these big dramas and they get bigger and bigger and bigger as we keep allowing them to loop and what a practice can do, whether it's meditation or something else, is it allows you to notice I'm looping right now and you snap yourself out of it. So it doesn't take on this gigantic, you know, thing for you. It, it gets, it kind of fizzles the fire and then nice. you're more capable and you show up better in the world. Love it. Awesome. Okay. So third thing you mentioned was plant medicine as well. Yes. So we're going to touch on that as, as, as a sure. thing, what are we talking about there specifically? Yeah, so I've done psilocybin, which okay. is kind of like mushrooms, yes. and um, but it had a component in it where there wasn't a whole lot of hallucination that was going on. So um, and it was very controlled environment. So that's just the the um, experience that I had. Yeah, uh, there were two people with me, trained professionals. One was a facilitator, another was a medical professional, a retired doctor. And um, for in my case, it, I had an eight-hour journey. And um, I, I, in my case, I went through many of the traumas that right. I experienced in my life. Um, the whole thing was recorded on audio. And then I listened back to it, transcribed it, and then worked with an integration coach uh, to help myself understand better, you know, exactly what was going on as I was on the journey. Um, during the journey, I'm on in complete control. Like if I need to go up and use the restroom or, or just like have a normal conversation with one of the people in the room with me, you know, I, was, I had full, you know, capabilities. So I just wanted to share that part of, 
of uh, the journey. Um, and so I had a really physical experience and I believe in my work that I was releasing a lot of those things that I mentioned earlier that were with me for many years. And uh, I was just physically uh, letting them all go and that not maybe allowing them to have the hold that they had uh, on me for so many years. They'll always be with me. They'll always be a part of me but it was a time to just release them. And I think that was that moment for me to do that. How did, how did so, you feel after? Did you feel different, <laughs> like fundamentally different? Or, and, and, and I suppose the, part, the second part of the question is, has that sustained? So I was exhausted immediately after for many days. And then um, there was a period of time where um, there was processing going on. So listen, listening back to it, was very challenging um, to hear the pain that I was in, a lot of the tears and the, and then you know some of the joy that was also in there, uh, some of the love that came up for many of the people in my life who have been so supportive um, during my journey, and so um, it was really you know you might compare it to a little bit of a roller coaster ride where in listening back to it, it's just very challenging and then transcribing it as well. Because uh, it takes many hours and you're kind of reliving the journey. So um, that's part of the processing. And then, and then for in my case, you know, it wasn't this big light bulb aha. It took it took time for me to kind of let it all settle. And of course, working with the integration coach was really um, impactful to help me just sort of verbalize what I feel is coming up for me. So what is just to be, what is an integration coach? This is the person who's trained professional on working with the transcript, what you've transcribed, right. helping you go through it and uncover maybe some of the some of the things that are were really impactful for you and maybe what exactly is going on in that moment so you're, physically or mentally. Just so I can understand this, you're speaking, saying things, going through an experience, that's all recorded. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How um is it legible? How how, how is it illegible? <laughs> yeah, it legible. How legible totally is that? Legible. Or is it just is it like is it just totally words? Legible. Really? Yeah, yeah. You're just, you're just talking the whole time. You're like telling a story yeah. effectively. You're just, I mean, in my case, I was just going, I, I somehow my mind went to a chronological, you know, uh, overview of in, in detail of everything that went on from wow. the time I was eight years old. Wow. And, um, and that's just, that was just my, you know, everybody's journey is different. And so and some of this I, stuff you couldn't remember, I imagine, um, consciously. Some of it I couldn't remember and things came up. Most of it I'd already been through and sort of, you know, kept telling myself, Rob, you've addressed this. Why is this still coming up? What's happening? And then I would say, oh, I'm so uncomfortable. And I kept moving and I was sweating like crazy. And I just said, I'm so my neck is killing me and my legs are so pain. They're so tingly. I just could say, oh, this is so painful. You know, and so I just believe in talking to the integration and I felt this really when I sort of did my download that I was releasing physically, I was releasing a lot. I'm very mind oriented, very heart oriented, mm -hmm. but not as too in tune with my body outside of like sports. I'm not as in tune. I wasn't as in tune. I'm getting more in tune with the physicality of our emotions and what that does with to your body and how that you hold that. And that was a that was actually something that was very valuable that I took back, um, and I'm working on integrating into my life, knowing 
in feeling into when I'm having certain emotions and how my body is reacting to it physically. Do you think, and this is, this is um, absolutely a subjective question. Do, do you think if people hold on to stuff like that for years in their bodies, it can cause disease? I, I can't speak to that. I I do I'm, just, I'm just curious. I mean, again, I, this is not for as an expert. Yeah, I, yeah. I just, I just wonder because my, my, my grandfather, for example, he suffered from heart attacks and things like that. Um, not saying that it was all related to that, but he was a very stressed individual all the yeah. time and, and was not very good at releasing any level of emotion, physically, emotionally, all those sort of things. And I just, I just, I've always been curious <laughs> about yeah. it more than anything else. One, one person's humble opinion. I do think our bodies and our minds and our emotions are so interconnected. I do think, and I believe there's studies on stress, anxiety, and cardiovascular disease. I think that's pretty well documented. And so I do think when we're holding on to that so tight and we're not working with it, it does have an effect on us inside, our, physically inside. Yeah. And, and it could cause different types of physical manifestations. I think there's a big link. This is my personal opinion as well. Yeah. A, a big link between um, mental state, emotional state and physicality. I do you know? believe so. And, yeah. um, and I've seen that. I've seen that happen in different ways, maybe not as, um, as dramatic as what we were just talking about. But years and years ago, before I got into the private equity world, I was into into fitness and health and had a personal training gym when I was very young. And um, I remember when we used to work on someone's mindset, you know, uh, effectively how they felt about themselves. So not mindset in the in the more sort of the way it gets described these days. Um, but you would definitely see their physical um, ability to do things change, you know, because mm -hmm. they were feeling more comfortable with their bodies, but it was coming from here first. And then it worked on here. And then then you could actually see the, the two areas start <laughs> so to line good. up. Yeah, it's I know so it's good. cool. This yeah. is years ago. This is back when I'm 48 now. This is when I was like 21. So right, <laughs> yeah, a long that way was back. a while ago. Yeah, <laughs> a lot. Way. A lot has happened since then in terms of happened. that kind of mindset. So you, that was forefront stuff that you were on. Well, no, about. no one had a personal trainer back in 1991, 92. Uh, like that's that so was, true. I was like, you know, this this weird person. But you know, I had, totally, people, you were the people. The people who I had as clients were um, all doctors, lawyers, stockbrokers. <laughs> stuff like yeah, that. right. Whereas these days, it's a very, very different game. The whole thing. So totally, totally. So let's talk um, a little bit about um, the 10 disciplines. Yeah. Um, I was having a look at this before we, uh, we jumped on our conversation today. Um, mm -hmm. And I like the idea here where you start to suggest uh, energy or the management of energy. And mm -hmm. what I'd like to, I'd like to go through them if that's cool. And sure. I'd also like to understand um, how you came at them as well. Mm -hmm. In other words, how you discovered them. Yep. Yep. So, well, let me ask, answer the second part first. So sure. Gina Wickman and I, who, who uh, I mentioned earlier and how we started to work together uh, well over 20 years, we had, we developed a really strong friendship and uh, we would meet, you know, three, four times a year just to catch up for three, four hours at a time. And I started to notice some things that he was doing in his life that I found really interesting. Um, and many of them, as it turned out, were on this 10 disciplines list. He later decided to actually list them out and write a mini book uh, about it, an ebook. And uh, it got such a strong reaction. Um, I happened to have interviewed him for the audiobook version uh, and the end of the audiobook for um, a book called The EOS Life, which included the 10 disciplines. And so we got talking and we said, you know, these 10 disciplines 
create a strong foundation for people so they can get the freedom that they need in their life. Specifically, we speak to entrepreneurs. Yeah. So they get the freedom in their life that they need to open up space. And we're talking about not just time, but mental space. Our minds are full and we need to open up our minds. And when we can do that and we get that space, that's where we can begin working on our inner selves. We feel more capable to do those, to spend time on that and do it properly. And once we begin to do that, we start to notice our creativity sparking like crazy, like crazy. And so we go, we go from, we go from freedom to creativity. And when your creativity is sparking, that top of the mountain that you thought you reached, you look off into the distance and you see a higher peak. That's impact. That's the impact that you will bring to this world. Your creativity, you haven't even scratched the surface. You've got people who rely on you. You've got an amazing business. You have accolades. Oh, you know, you, you, you have things, you're making money. You're going on great trips. You have cool experiences. Somehow you're still feeling empty. That's a message. The, the, the universe is pinging you and it's saying to you, this, it ain't all this, it's way more. And so let's build that foundation in your life. We use the 10 disciplines as that foundational building, but there are other ways to do it as well. I mean, you got to find your way. We, we feel like we've got a good framework for it in place through the 10 disciplines. And there you go. You're off. Once you got a strong foundation, we all know that. Once you have a strong foundation in your life and your business, whatever, you build on it and it, the rest gets stronger. I can tell you're massively passionate about this, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 judge, I, I judge people's energy a little bit by, um, this is through the Zoom. <laughs> Of right. course, but you went boom, all right? You know, you prefer talking about that than some of the other stuff I got you on. Um, so, so these 10 disciplines, which again, we'll, we'll go through in a second. Um, is this a personal thing for you as well? I mean, when you were having the conversation with Gino oh, yeah. and going backwards and forwards, did, was there, was there an alignment? Like, you know, oh, yeah. You, okay. So let's go through it. Cause this must yeah. be then knowing Gino and knowing how good he is at what he does. Um, <laughs> I'm curious to see what these are now. So let's go through it. Yeah. So it starts with 10-year thinking. And that's where we just shift ah, our mindset okay. from short-term thinking to thinking in 10-year timeframes. I've got and, right in front of me here. Sorry to jump in. I've got yeah. like, you can't see this, but here I've got a, uh, effectively like a vision board screensaver. Yeah. And it says 10 years, 10 goals. Uh-huh. And right down yeah. here, like really like here, <laughs> um, I've got them all written down. And, and what fantastic. I do is every year, I'm crossing one or two off, right? But they're big enough goals that they take a decade anyway. And then I'm adding a couple. So it's kind of like a, I change it every year, but make sure there's always 10 there. So yeah, yeah. cool. I like I it. I love okay. that. I love your approach with that. And there's many approaches. You can do yeah. everything from, you know, a couple of bullet points of what you want your life to look like in 10 years, a sentence. And it could be a, like what you do, 10 years, 10 goals. It could be a vivid picture. You know, you can write a whole story about it. And uh, once you have that in place, as you, as, as you do, and you know, you, time starts to slow down mm. because you realize I got a decade to make this stuff happen. Yeah. And what happens is you make better decisions. And when you start making better decisions, actually things start coming faster.
yeah no it's so, so I true I, I talk yeah. no it's, it's funny because um i talk about um vision a lot i have talked about vision a lot in this podcast a number oh, of yeah. years ago now because we're like 300 episodes in um but i talked about a 20-year vision and that's can sometimes yeah, be a bit overwhelming for people but but i set one for myself eight years ago and it's very similar to what you just said what do i want um to experience in my life to be like you know when i'm 60. Yeah. And um, I, I wrote it all down and some of it's, some of it's happened much quicker than I expected it to. Some of the stuff is still out there, Yeah, but it's so cool to have it. Like it, it acts yeah. as that sort of North star, you know, like I, the decisions I make, people I hang out Thank with you. my values, all of that align to what that I wrote down eight years ago. Absolutely right. Yes. Oh my gosh. You said it all perfectly. I have nothing oh. to add to any <laughs> okay. of that. That is spot on. Okay. So that's, so that's yeah. cool. Okay. So let's go into the number. Well, this is fun now. So we're, yeah, we're, we'll just we're, go down the, we're list, on the pathway yeah. now. So let's go to yeah. number two. <laughs> so the second, the second discipline is take time off. And what we encourage people to do is take 130 days off per year and don't think about work the entire day. Don't think oh, about wow. business. And so that's where people get caught up. The 130 days is very doable. I mean, to put it in perspective, if you took uh, every weekend off, if you took, I'm just going to use U.S. holidays yeah, for the sake sure. of our discussion. If you took every U.S. holiday off and you took three weeks vacation, that's darn near 130 days. The tough thing for people to do when they're on a weekend or a holiday or vacation they check their email. They want to bring their business books. They want to catch up on their reading. They want to listen to the latest Nick Bradley podcast and, you know, catch up on all that kind of stuff. But we, what we want to encourage you to do is actually turn it all off. Be free of business. And this is where the magic really happens is where you start to let go. It's uncomfortable for people though, because Many people are addicted. They're addicted to work. They're workaholics and they don't realize it. And they're on the verge of burning out. They're just mm. right there. And they think they re-energize when they go on vacation and you know, have a slower pace, but they're still doing businessy kind of stuff. Like, I'm just going to make a couple calls in the morning and I'm going to read the book in the afternoon. You really didn't allow it to sort of just release and go away. And that's what we're encouraging you to do. Let it go. Find new things. Be curious about what it's like to be bored and not have something to do and check your, your mobile phone or whatever. Be curious about why that's uncomfortable for you and see what arises for you and see what might come of you, how you make usage of that time moving forward. Wow, 130 days. When you, when you first said that, I was thinking four month um, sabbatical, <laughs> right? Well, you know. we encourage a 30 day sabbatical, actually. That's like when you're really ready, take a full month off. Yeah. No business. Do not check in. You're off the grid. Yeah, there's a guy called um, Joe Polish who runs a, uh, um, yeah, a mastermind sure. group. You might know Joe. It's um, called yeah. Genius Network. And he did something like that quite recently. Well, not, well a couple of years ago, I think, when, yeah. um, when one of his friends passed away. Yeah. And he talks about that a lot. <laughs> mm, please, yeah, go listen to whatever he has to say. Yeah, like just yeah. in terms of like it being just an, an, a sort of seminal kind of experience for him. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Cool, okay. Let's keep rattling through. Number, Number three. Number three, know thyself. And here we're encouraging you to be you 100% of the time, 24-7, 365. So every moment of every day, 
you are unique. Let your freak flag fly. You know, whatever it is that you are, if you're an extrovert, an introvert, whatever it is, and you and I talked a lot about that self-discovery. So I won't get really much into that, but that's how you begin to really get to know yourself. Go on that journey and start finding things that help you get more in touch with who you are and then let it shine. And that means like examples are when you're in a social environment or a business environment, show up as you. People pick up on your authenticity. That's what they desire from you. I always like to use the example, like say you and I are at a gathering and somebody kind of, you and I are chatting and somebody comes up and we have a brief conversation and then they walk away and you and I look at each other and we might say, did that person have kind of like a weird energy? Most people know what I'm talking about. When you have that sort of conversation and they walk, person walks away and you're like, I don't know, something wasn't right there. Conversely, we have the same interaction. Person walks away. We look at each other and go, wow, that person had an amazing energy. That means they were fully themselves. They were fully authentic. So be that. People appreciate that about you. You do not need to be a chameleon in this life. Stop doing that. Be how, do you. You, how do you find the real you? <laughs> well, that's a journey for sure. But you know <laughs> what it is. You know deep down what it is. You feel out of sorts when you're being a chameleon, when you're trying to fit in and say the right things and do the right things and wear the right things to fit in with the group. You know it. You know it at your core. And so you have to start to really become truly aware of when you're getting outside of your core of who you truly are. And it's uncomfortable. It is a shift. You're not used to it. You've wired your brain and others outside of you have wired you to say the right things, to do the right things, to be the right way, whatever that's supposed to mean. And what, well, what about we, though, let, yeah. me, let me, let me play with yeah, this yeah. a little bit. What, what about do. sometimes people kind of, they get into their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Right. And if they step out of their comfort zone, meaning they, they go from, you know, one pond to the other and all of a sudden they're, they're in a different environment with different people that are stretching them, right. Yeah. Yeah. Giving them to, and they feel because they feel uncomfortable in that environment, because it's a new environment, because it's more challenging, maybe, yeah. um, they, they struggle to be themselves, but they're growing and they're learning and they're actually, yes. their identity is changing. Yeah. So. I love that question, by the way, <laughs> so, because first of all, if you feel that way, you're getting to know yourself better because yeah, you're yeah. uncomfortable. And the second thing is in that environment to be yourself, be vulnerable. I'm like out of sorts right now. I'm really uncomfortable actually in this environment and I'm trying to figure out why, and I don't feel like myself and I hope it comes out at some point. Imagine that just being able to share that in the in an environment with people who are kind of stretching you. I'll bet you they'll. I'll bet you they'll lift you up. Yeah, it's, it's a powerful. That's very nicely answered. Answered by the way, um, because I think it's a powerful part of um, the journey. A lot of people need to go through because yeah, if you just stay in where you're comfortable, right? And a lot of people do this. They don't. They don't challenge themselves. They don't step out of that comfort zone. That's right. And then they get to a point later on in life, and I see this all the time, where regret starts to come in because yeah. there was opportunities or decisions or things that they would have done, but they were scared to take them yeah. yes. because of those reasons. Keyword there, scared. Fear is so huge. Take the time to wake up. Just wake up. It's so worth it. It is so worth it. As you say, later on in your life, you're going to look back and you're going to say, why? Why I didn't I do that sooner? Okay. So number four, be still. 
Here we are encouraging you, and you and I talked a bit about this, actually to sit in silence for 30 minutes every day. You don't have to meditate. Um, you could journal. You can contemplate. One person I know, uh, she looks out at a big willow tree that she has in her backyard. She just watches it sway in the wind for, for 30 minutes, and she just lets her thoughts be. Um, some people pray. You know, Whatever it is that gets you connected settles your body and your mind we encourage you to work on that and your mind and your body will actually thank you later because it's like a jar of sand. You know, there, there, there's, imagine the sand and the water and you shake it up and it's all, all the sands all over the place. That's you all day, your, your energy, that's your energy. It's swirling around your mind, all this. And when you set it down and it settles, that's your mind and your body. It's re it's re-energizing. And then you have, you have a different type of energy when that's done. So we encourage like go for 30 minutes. I like, I like the way that you describe energy as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, cause, cause it is right. Isn't it? You know, energy flows it around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Okay. Um, cool. Number five. Number five is know your 100%. And this is decide okay. on and commit to the perfect number of hours per week and weeks per year that you will deliver your value to this world. So this is the, on a weekly mm, basis, okay. let's just use that. This is the perfect number of hours where if you worked one hour less, you feel, you feel like you got more to give, but one hour more, you feel so exhausted. Your mind is full. Your body is drained. That's a, that's a telltale sign that you're on the verge of, of burnout. And it's so, actually a number we were talking about here. So it might be like, you know, four hours a day, five hours, whatever that is. You got it. Okay. You got it. That's right. Find that number, play around with it. Um, you'll find, you know, some people it's like 80 hours, other people it's like 30. So it runs the gamut and we're not here to judge. We're not here to say less is more or more is less. We're here to say, find what works for you. Also, you'll notice in your life that will ebb and flow, kind of like you were mentioning earlier mm. with, with our careers and things of that nature. It will ebb and flow based on your circumstances. So pay attention to it and make adjustments as you go, always looking for the sweet spot of what are those perfect yeah. number of hours. And when you're done, turn it off. Yeah, I, I talk turn about it, it sometimes off. in terms of seasons. Um, mm, so there are yeah. certain seasons where it feels um, right. You it feels like the right thing for you yeah. to be working maybe more. That's and equally right. there are seasons where, where it's not, but so mine, good. I mean, I have a cadence that I work to, which is I don't really do much before midday. And the reason mm -hmm. for that is I, well, I do a lot of stuff myself before midday. I'm in the gym and things like that yeah. with the yeah. kids. And uh, I don't really do any work, if you want to call it that from, right. from I start about 12 and then I finish about six but it's not straight go. through and it's things like this or whatever else, but that tends to be the best cadence for me. And then sometimes there's days where it's later because a lot of my stuff's US focused and I'm UK based. Yeah. Uh, but I've also found since I left the private equity world and, and I do what I do now, which is very, very different yeah. because I've got a clearer sense of purpose and mission. It doesn't really feel like work anyway. <laughs> that Nick is the ultimate. That's where we want to get to. That's yeah. when it doesn't feel like work, it's impact. Yes, yes, you know, yes. The things that you're doing are making a difference in the world. And if you're in business, things are coming to you. 
in a much different way than they probably used to. It doesn't feel so hard. You're not pushing so hard. No, I, I had to go it's through my own journey to, to get to that point. So, you know, but the show is not about me and everyone knows it on the show anyway, but yeah. I had to go through my own transition. <laughs> Right. Transformation, hey, transition. That's right. That's right. So, uh, so I, uh, I have, I have shared that a lot. Um, I think we're up to six. Six. Yes. Yeah. Say no often. Oh, I like that one. So, <laughs> especially, especially if you want to earn over six figures, I have to say that. But so, just to bring yeah. some money into it. Um, but say no to anything that doesn't fit into the first five disciplines. So you've kind of set up. The, the basis of your foundation. And what ends up happening to us is when we do that, and probably most of your listeners are already in this position because they've had a measure of success, they have a lot of things coming at them, a lot of requests, and they're really interesting. And we have FOMO and we tend to say yes to way more than we are capable of delivering on. And it ends up sucking our energy. We regret it regularly. We also, many of us are wired to help so when we see somebody struggling, we want to jump in and we want to help them. And by saying yes, we become invested both both mentally and physically oftentimes, and it sucks up our time. So we have to get really, really good at saying no. And if you're like me, and I, if you're familiar with the Enneagram, I'm a yep. helper and an achiever. So when, when somebody asks me, I my default is yes, I want to help. And my other side of it is if I'm going to help, I'm all in because we're achieving, <laughs> you know? And so I'm invested both physically, uh, mentally, and from a time perspective. So we just have to get really good at that. Now, <clears throat> it's uncomfortable to say no. And so we encourage you to start practicing it. Even if you just say no, like say 10% of the time, just for starters, just pause and ask yourself of the 10 requests that I got, maybe one now I'm going to start saying no to, move up to two, to three, et cetera. You can also be very graceful in your nose. So many of us feel badly because we're saying no. So take an extra 10, 15 minutes and help that person find somebody who can fit whatever it is that they're asking you for. So, uh, you know, it can run the gamut. Like, I'm sorry, I can't take, I can't take on another uh, board seat for your nonprofit, but here are three people that I think would be amazing. I can introduce you to them. That's being of service. And that takes you 10 or 15 minutes instead of a a two-year commitment, a two-year commitment that's four hours a month. So there's an example of how you can say no gracefully. One of the things I found that's um, been helpful for me on that is just to be super focused on what I want to do. <laughs> so, that's so right. you know, call that objectives or call that the way that I um, I want to experience things. That's right. And if it is, if a request comes in that's aligned with that, then you know it's a yes potentially. If I can, if it fits in with other things that I have said yes to. Yeah. If it's not aligned with that, then it's a no. But um, I, I I hear you, <laughs> I hear what you said, in terms of because I get requests all the time. I you. Um, you know, to advise on things as you can imagine and i've now got a very um i'm going to call it quite strict and disciplined um person that i help business that i help and i don't deviate from that so mm -hmm. and that's that by having those sort of uh, those guide rails if you want to call yeah. it that yeah that helps me make a decision when sometimes i might get too emotional and if i didn't have those things in place that's right um it can take me out of that state and then i'll get myself into a situation like you like you suggested how so, yes, freeing is that you know and, and the type of energy that you get from that that must be amazing 
to get Certainly to that is. point, right? It is, but it takes it takes time. And I've um I, you know, a lot of the stuff that you're talking to, it's interesting. I'm just contrasting it. There are there are elements of it that I do slightly differently, but they're they are in the same wheelhouse. Yes. But but they are a massive difference to where I was five years ago. That's right. You know, when I was in a in a much more regimented environment where you had to perform a certain mm, way. Interesting. And therefore it was hard. It was hard to sort of find your own identity and your own ways of working when you're in that sort of conformity. Right. Right. Yeah. So so fascinating. All right. I think okay. we're up to seven. Seven. Don't <laughs> do 25 hour US work. And What's that? Work, I oh, I, there's a question I forgot to ask on on six as well, which is uh, yeah. You mentioned the the six figure mark. A lot of our, right. a lot of my, yeah. our listeners here are higher than that, but but um, why why we'll, we'll go back to seven. Sorry, but I, just, I forgot to ask. But on the um on the saying no and the, and the money quotient yeah. to that, why yeah. did you why did you make that point? Actually, let me bring these two together. Yeah, I was to going to say that. that. Okay, perfect. So so take so first of all never do anything you could pay somebody 25 dollars an hour to do got it cleaning start, gardening well yeah i was gonna say let's start <laughs> on the business let's start on the business side and then we'll bring in the personal side of things but on the business side what we really encourage people to do is look at their daily activities and make note of the pay grade of work that they're doing at that moment. So for example, if you're checking email, um, it's likely you're doing $25 an hour work. And what our goal for you is that you get that out of your life and not have that suck your energy, uh, have that suck your energy anymore. Now there may be some emails that only you can address a small percentage, like 10% maybe. Um, that's normal. That's okay. And a good EA or something like that can help you with that. So that's, there's an example. And since your listeners make well over six figures, that's a great exercise for them because anytime you hire somebody to do that $25 work, now we can talk both business and personal, you yeah. free up space, you free up time, and you're going to get a big time ROI on that investment. It, it's like clockwork. If you do it right, that investment's going to take I would say no more than a year, but mo you know, likely a, a year at the most, depending on what the situation is, but you're going to get a big ROI on that. And so just look at your pay grade or where you want to be as a pay grade and ask yourself, am I doing this pay grade work? And if I'm not, I need to change my daily activities. Yeah. Simple, but effective. Uh, totally. a, a very quick um, side story here. Um, a lot of people are talking now about energy bills going up and all those sort of things and the cost of mm -hmm. oil. Yeah. And there's a lot of media attention out there around, you know, go around and turn your lights off, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, make these savings. And I was talking to my wife about it the other day because she was saying that. And um, I said, yeah, but just think about that, right? Okay. So, you know, the energy bills are going to go up a thousand bucks or whatever it is in the year or more, right? Above yeah, what we yeah. pay. Yeah. I said, we can make that in an hour. So, <laughs> so good. So, so why is our energy into that to save a thousand dollars over the course of a year when, you know, what she's got three businesses, I've got other businesses. Yeah. And why don't we just put a bit more time into that? And she was like, that, you know what? You're right. <laughs> now, <laughs> I, appreciate, I appreciate not everyone, not everyone in the world has that, but a lot of entrepreneurs right. listen to this podcast and that's just a shift in the that's way of right. looking at the same situation.
That's right. I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it. Now, the next three are pretty fast, so I'll okay. cruise through them. Let's do it. Um, number seven is prepare every night. And simply stated mm-hmm. before your head hits the pillow every night, document the next day's plan. And you can do that in your mind, or you can write it, or you can use your technology, whatever makes the most sense. But it literally can take five to seven minutes, look at what's going on tomorrow, and then set it free. When you go to sleep, your mind's going to be doing the work. It's going to be preparing for your podcast the next day, some maybe a good question that's going to come about or a challenge that you've been dealing with. When you wake up in the morning, you'll hit your the ground running with whatever your routine is, and you'll be prepared to take on the day. You won't have to think about that. You're not in reactive mode. Like You're it. in proactive mode. The next thing, number nine, is put everything in one place. A lot of entrepreneurs can be scattered sometimes. So they're, they're, they have different meetings. They're going from this to that. They're writing things on in a journal. They might have a notepad. They might have post-it notes. They might have technology that they're using. They might be sending themselves email reminders. They're making promises. They're, they have commitments they're putting into place. And at the end of the day, it's overwhelming and it's all over the place. And what they're ending up doing is letting people down. They're letting their employees, their team members, their stakeholders, their loved ones, they're letting them down. And it can be so simply solved. Just find one place where you document all of this. You can use a an old-fashioned yellow notepad. That's what Gina Wickman uses. I use something called a remarkable. You can oh, use yeah. all the technology, Evernote or you can send yourself email reminders, whatever it is, but just pick the one thing. And at the end of the day, sit down with it and compartmentalize it all. Hopefully you're delegating most of it. Some of it might go on your calendar. And then there's some actions that you have to take that you have uh, to see, work this is on. good. We've, we've found one that I'm not good at, right? Oh. So, so not, that, not to say that I'm awesome at everything, but like, you know, so we've got, we've got this, which is my iPad thing. Yeah. Yeah. We've got about a thousand notebooks down here oh my god oh my god it's it's, it's overwhelming there's one of them <laughs> i love it i love it well, i love I, i've been i've been I, i'm aware of this actually and i've been i've, I've decided to commit to technology because yeah. i like the efficiency of being able to share information in that way um mm-hmm. as opposed yeah. to having lots of notebooks i do realize that sometimes writing stuff down has an effect but yeah but yeah like, that's a good one that's a really good it, one because i think it days- is overwhelming yeah. And these days with the remarkable or even the iPads and things like that, you can write. So if that's something people want to do, you can mm. write using technology. Very good nowadays. I had journals for a long time, the remarkable, and I like to write. Remarkable has been great. And that's not a commercial for the remarkable. Happens to work for me. I actually have a client and he had all this stuff all over his, and he said, you're right. I need all over his desk. And he said, I need to get this organized. I need to get into this one place mode. And as he was cleaning up, he found a deal, a multi-million dollar deal that he totally blew oh, because my. it was under a stack of papers and he blew oh. it. And it was like six months ago. And I probably got one of those somewhere. somewhere <laughs> right. down we here, all, underneath right. my desk. Number <laughs> okay. 10. Where, okay, number the, 10, the drum roll, please. Be humble. <laughs> View yourself as an equal to every other person on the planet. And I always like to say, I know you're probably humble. Most of us feel we are to a certain degree, but let's do a let's do the scale, the humble scale, where on the one side, you're not humble at all. And on the other side, you're as humble as they come. And just kind of really be a truth teller for yourself. You know, where are you on that spectrum? And if you're like an eight out of 10, then you got some work to do. And that's totally cool. And just notice when you make your way through life, the little 
subtle things because it's very subtle. It's when you are lacking sleep and you're not getting your coffee and the barista's going so slow and you're getting really agitated and you're wondering what the heck is going on back there and what is their problem. Your humility is all of a sudden flying out the window. And, and so bring it back and bring it back and recognize. And it's really easily stated, but sometimes not easily executed on. Uh, no, and, I, hey, I, I can say that. <laughs> and the last piece to being humble is I don't know a humble person who doesn't express gratitude on a regular basis, like daily, whether you write it down or you just take a minute and you just express gratitude to whatever it is, the gifts that you have in this world. So, I mean, that's kind of a double there, humble and gratitude, but it's so powerful. So Nice. Well, that was good. We rattled through them. Yeah. <laughs> and we're pretty much at time. So Perfect. where can people reach out to you, Rob, if they want to learn more about, well, we've talked about lots of different topics actually, but yeah. um, if they want to get in touch with you and learn some more about this. Easiest place is go to the 10 disciplines.com. That's the easiest place you can, you ping me from there. And I'm always available to chat with any of your amazing listeners. Fantastic. Well, Rob Jube, I've got the name right this time. Um, <laughs> there you go. Thank you very much for uh, gracing us with your presence on the show uh, today. You've been yeah. very, very generous with your time. And I love that conversation. That was really thank cool. You. I think it's going to help a lot of people. So uh, thanks so, so thank much, you. Nick. I'm, I'm so grateful to be with you. Humbled and honored. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Scale Up with Nick Bradley. If you enjoy the show just as much as I enjoy creating it for you, then I'd really appreciate you leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, why not subscribe to the channel so you never miss a future episode? It really helps me. It helps the show. Plus, it makes it easier for others to access the content that I'm producing week in and week out. And finally, if you want more information about anything you heard in today's show or to find out how you can get more help in scaling up your business and your life, Click the link in the show notes now to learn about our coaching, mentoring, and mastermind programs. See you soon.